2: Welcome to the Rotowire DFS MLB Podcast, Wednesday edition. Hi there, baseball fans. I'm Paul Bruno, and I'm joined once again by John McKechnie, as usual, working with me on these Wednesday pods. We're coming to you now Monday to Friday with uh, exclusive baseball uh, predictions on the FanDuel plays of the day every day, Monday to Friday. And I hope you're tuning in to get some of the best advice from not only John and myself, but others of our peers who are doing a lot of homework every day in prep for these shows. John uh, this, uh, this is the greatest time of the year for me, uh, with hockey and basketball playoffs well underway. And we start, uh, we're starting to get a form chart on chart on baseball teams and their key players uh, right now.
3: Yeah, exactly. You know, uh, you know, the first couple of weeks of doing this podcast, you know, on, on, you know, with the daily format, especially, uh, it's a bit of a, you know, a crap shoot to an extent, you know, we're, we're looking at, at, trends from last year we're trying to you know pick on very small trends that we've seen from earlier in the year but now you know we're we're getting in about a month into the season almost now so you know we're starting to get some more reliable data we're starting to see some things obviously some things maybe aren't sustainable like maybe eric Thames won't hit a hundred home runs i don't know (laughs) i'm not going to bet against that yet um but you know we're again we're, we're starting to see things kind of solidify starting to gel um, your Blue Jays are starting to bounce back a little bit. Uh, your guy Chris Coglin had one of the more exciting plays of the of the entire season so far last night. Just the <laughs> swan dive over Molina. What was your reaction to that?
2: Well, I gave him about a 5.7 on the Olympic scoring scale. That was a beautiful. Hey, he he yeah, stuck the landing. Brutal judge. It was it, well. You know, there's room. <laughs> I don't know if he would have gone straight into the water or not. it, it was a bit of an <laughs> awkward positioning. But you got to give him marks for for thinking about the taking the move. I mean, uh, John catchers are now being a little bit more uh limited in terms of what they can do but right. uh, but Molina was right in the in the baseline and and Coughlin said you know I couldn't go around him so it was my choice to go underneath him over him and at the last second I just thought what the heck I'll go for it and he stuck the landing it was it was beautiful and uh full Willie Mays Hayes that was crazy but uh uh, john we got a lot to talk about before we get into the show i want to remind our listeners to follow me paul bruno at statsman 22 and you can follow john great follow at johnny mckex john we're going to go through the lineups of the matchups that begin from seven o'clock onward because we want to give our listeners time to get into those those games at night. Uh, we're taping this in the mid af early afternoon on, uh, on a Wednesday. So uh, let's take it from the Rays game uh, in Baltimore uh, against uh, Dylan Bundy. I'll, I'll let you take a, take a charge of the first six games. I'll take the nightcaps.
3: All righty, so starting us off here, we got the Rays with Alex Cobb on the Hill in Baltimore going against Dylan Bundy. Uh, Baltimore minus 140 favorites, the over-under sitting at eight runs even. Uh, that's a 7.05 start. Then moving up to Philadelphia, we got the Marlins with Wei Chen taking the mound with his three nine four ERA at Philadelphia, going against Vince Velasquez, who's off to a bit of a rocky start 0 2 with a 7 2 ERA. Phillies' slight favorites in that one, minus 106. That's an also an over under of 8. Then moving over across the Keystone State, we got the Cubs with John Lester on the. M- mound uh still still no uh decisions to his name yet but a 266 era those cubs are 160 minus 163 road favorites uh the over under in that one is eight uh and they're going against pittsburgh and tyler glass now who's up to a rocky start 0 and one with the 794 era that's a 705 start then we have the, a uh, big rivalry week game that uh, was postponed last night, so we're, we're getting the first taste of it. Uh, tonight, we got the Yankees with Masahiro Tanaka, 2-1 with a 6.0 ERA at Boston, going against ace Chris Sale, wa- rocking a .91 ERA. The Red Sox are minus 173 favorites. The over-under in that one is 7.5. And, and then moving out to Detroit, we had a ton of runs in this game last night We'll see if uh, if we can kind of see some replication there. We got the Mariners with James Paxton on the hill, two and zero with a one seven eight ERA. Slight road favorites at minus one twenty five eight flat uh, as the over under there going against detroit and, and uh, daniel norris uh he's one and one with the three seven era and then uh off to city field we got the braves with julio tehran one and one with the 352 era going against the mets with noah cinder one and one with the 173 era uh mets pretty heavily favored in this one minus 195 that's a six and a half over under
2: and then a little later in the evening about hector santiago and the minnesota twins traveling to texas against lefty cole hamels bringing his uh Uh, repertoire into into action tonight, and that's one of the reasons why uh, the Rangers are favored. Uh, Minus 147 on the money line, the over-under set at 8.5. Then we got the Blue Jays throwing out Matt Latos. This is an emergency start situation. Uh, Not a very good pitcher here. Uh, Carlos Martinez opposing him, not off to a great start for St. Louis, so the run total could be high in this one, I think. The bunny line, though, favors the home standing cards at a minus 172, the over under set at eight. Then the Nationals and Tanner Roark, who's off to a pretty nice start in terms of win loss, uh, goes into Colorado against Tyler Chatwood, a two and two mark with a 4.10 ERA. The homestanding club in Colorado is a is a slim, slim favorite here minus one thirteen. The money line, uh, the over under set at eleven and a half. They're expecting Jeez. a lot of runs in that uh, in that one, <laughs> and uh, that's a high a high, high over under for sure. One of the highest we'll probably see for a long while yet this season. Uh, Last Trevor night's K- game was absurd. Yeah, it was. Maybe that's a precursor for why the the over under set so high here. Mm. Uh, the Padres and Trevor Cahill visit Arizona, and uh, Godley is making his season debut here, Uh, minus 137, the over-under for the homestanding Diamondbacks. The over-under is nine and a half runs for that 940 start. Manea and the Oakland A's travel to the Angels, and Matt Shoemaker, uh, minus 136, favoring the Angels, and the over-under set at eight runs. And then finally, we have the Dodgers and Alex Wood uh, going in to San Francisco against Cueto and he has a three and one record but that ERA is a little suspect at 525 and that's a 10-15 start Uh, all right uh, John let's get into it beginning with our starting pitchers and let's take a look at the top guys on the board and my question to you every week is uh, player fade
3: Well, you know, this is Syndergaard going against the Braves here. So, you know, the Braves are, you know, about as anemic of an offense as as there is in all of baseball this year. And Syndergaard's been about as dominant of a pitcher as we've seen, you know, he's He's sitting here with 30 strikeouts and no walks to his name through through uh, three starts, I believe that. I mean, that's just an unbelievable mark. Obviously, uh, Vegas is pretty confident that the Mets are going to get the win there. They're almost uh, minus 200 favorites going against the Braves. So uh, not only does Syndergaard have the high win probability, he's He's got the strikeout upside that that you love to see, and he's not going to let a ton of guys on base, so you, you you don't worry about a high run total. So I think Syndergaard with the with his uh fancy new fingernails is is a pretty safe bet if you wanted to go uh, the expensive route, or if you're playing in a cash game situation. Uh, certainly can't blame you uh, going with Syndergaard there.
2: And uh, for my money, I think he's a better bet than John Lester. I, I like the Pittsburgh offense, John, and uh, and that's one of the reasons I'll shy away. The lefty-righty matchup favors kind of the heart of their order, so uh, I'm looking for that to be a tougher outing for, for the big lefty, as opposed to Syndergaard, who's just been throwing nothing but BBs so far and gets the favorable matchup against a less-than-stellar Atlanta team. So I'm with you all the way on that assessment. If we drop it down into the 9,000, say Taking it down to eighty seven hundred, where we see Luis Severino, we have got about a half dozen other quality starters here that are going tonight. What's your sense for this range, from say Cueto down to Severino?
3: Well, I, I was thinking about Carlos Martinez, and not only does does Matt Latos oppose him, and you know, I think uh, you probably know as well as anyone that you, you're kind of dreading the the Matt Latos meltdown. Yeah. At some at some point, it's uh, going to happen. No question. But with with Martinez, he really hasn't looked that good since the opener. He hasn't gone more than five and a third in any game since his opener, not getting the ground balls anywhere near the clip uh, that he was last year in terms of his ground ball to fly ball ratio. Uh, But things I did notice when I when I kind of dug into his numbers, he's getting uh, like the batting average on balls in play for him is, is he's just getting crushed in that regard. And that that certainly you know partially has to do with you know people are barreling up a little bit more than they were but still 378 that that's so high i imagine that number will come down and he also has a 12.3 k per nine uh going against a blue jays team that has the sixth highest strikeout rate in baseball so i think martinez is a guy that people have maybe soured on for daily purposes and i think tonight might be a night uh, where he actually uh, has some really nice GPP consideration because the win probability, uh, given who's opposing him, plus the matchup with, with that strikeout-prone Blue Jays offense, that doesn't have Tulewitzki or Donaldson.
2: Yeah, I think that's a key assessment and a key point there. Uh, in this range, I also like James Paxton when I look at the fact that in three of his four outings, he's allowed no few, no more than four hits against. He got tagged for nine his last time out. But even, in, even so, the strikeout total is there. I see 30 strikeouts better than a strikeout an inning because he's only pitched 25 innings. So that combination tells me that Paxton might be a guy that I might lean toward in this range uh, against a free-swinging Detroit team. So I'll add that note to this mix.
3: A, does Detroit scoring 19 not scare you at all no
2: i think they probably used it up john i'm, I'm betting that uh, more often than not i'd love to see the stats on this actually that after a team goes double digits uh, how do they fare the next day i think in a, in uh, the high percentage of cases uh, they use up a lot of runs it's uh, it's uh, a stat that i'd love to to question and i think i'm gonna check on, on that uh, before next show and uh, See if I can uh, add some shed some light on that fact, but I think mm-hmm. I lean hev- heavily in, in Paxton's favor in this one, <laughs> for what it's worth. Uh, then we'll take a look at the 8,400 down to let's say 7,700. We got uh, down to Matt Shoemaker, a range of another half dozen pitchers there, including one guy that I think I'm going to be on tonight, and uh, I'll, uh, I'll keep it a secret until you go through yours. Uh, so
3: we have we have Chen going to Philadelphia, obviously, and then we, uh, moving down we have. Tehran I think Tehran is kind of interesting tonight uh if on, if only because he is the contrarian play on the board like he he's a he's an extremely quality pitcher you know you're gonna yeah. get probably a quality start out of him you can you can definitely get some strikeouts and what I like even though the, his his win probability obviously is relatively low going against Syndergaard in the Mets on the road uh that Mets offense has been just about as bad as the Braves uh over the last week or so you know uh well below the league average as far as weighted on base. I think they're uh, closer to bottom three over the last week. And uh, obviously I think they're going to get Cespedes back. He was supposed to be back in the lineup last night, uh, but the game got rained out. Obviously that's a huge boost to that lineup, but that lineup has a lot of holes in it. I think it's one where, uh, and I don't lean particularly heavily on uh, batter versus pitcher uh, numbers, but Tehran, uh, when you pull up our our batter versus pitcher, hot, hot versus cold, uh, a lot of the Mets lineup is has very cold numbers against Tehran, so I think that's at least worth consideration. I think he's a contrarian play uh, for GPP purposes uh, at, at 8,400. But then, you know, moving down the list, you got Bundy, you got Shamanaya, uh, Vince Velasquez, uh, Matt Shoemaker going against Oakland. So the, the Manaya Shoemaker one that, that might uh, be, you know, kind of interesting as a, as a low scoring, uh, maybe people aren't going to be super in on either of those pitchers, but I think both of those guys could turn in quality starts.
2: You see, John, this is why I think you and I make an interesting pairing, because you're not not—you're kind of fading the, the batter versus pitcher stuff. I, I lean heavily on it, and and uh, that's why I look at a guy like a Dylan Bundy in this range, and I'm surprised you didn't mention him more aggressively because he's one of your guys.
3: Uh, I was going to let you knock it out of the park.
2: up boy. He's averaged <laughs> over 40 points per game in fan duel play, looking really sharp, and uh, Tampa's offense, not one of the the brightest ones uh, or most powerful or intimidating ones out there so and I like the matchup that he has too I get I think he gets a favorable n- nod when you look at the opposing pitcher in this one so and the, and of course your your Orioles offense backing him so the win probability there for me is high and uh, and uh, if Bundy just continues to do what he's done in the first four or five starts I expect a nice payoff for $8,100 and I don't mind telling you he's my go-to guy uh, in terms of the lineup that I'll put out in our rotowire uh staff contest this week I'll I'll say that right now Um, Uh, let's go down then uh, into value country Uh, if you're looking for contrarian plays you'll probably find them in this range John uh, who is the best of uh, let's say an uninspired lot down here
3: um, I I sort of touched on this a little bit uh, a few seconds ago here but I I think Manaya does have some interest to me Um, you know he's a left-hander going against an Angels lineup that uh, is pretty punchless outside of Mike Trout. And obviously Mike Trout is, you know, arguably the biggest threat offensively in baseball. And, you know, he draws a lefty-righty matchup here. But I think Minaya, uh you know, he's averaging over 30 points uh, per first start. Um, he had one really bad start earlier in the season, but he's kind of gotten things turned around. He's, he's gotten at least six strikeouts in, I think, all of his outings so far this year. So he's got a little bit of a floor. Full- here plus you know uh refactoring in the, the matchup here uh i think that the that the a's could potentially get to shoemaker more so than the than the angels are able to get to Manaya here so if i'm going for you know just kind of bargain basement pitchers uh, i i really prefer not to but if i were i, I would go with Manaya.
2: And for my part, I'm going to counsel with Vince Velasquez. He's not off to the greatest of starts, but I think when you look at the batter versus pitchers matchups, Wei-Yin Chen shows up a lot in terms of the hot matchups favoring the batters. So that might be a a flyer that worth taking based on, again, the numbers that I lean on a little bit more than you do, pal. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, before we get into the position players, though, John, I want to give a nod to uh, FanDuel on our behalf. They're our our primary sponsor and. They want to remind you all that, baseball fans, the wait is over. Baseball is back, which means FanDuel's back, and it's better than ever. FanDuel, where fantasy baseball is there for everyday fans. There's new contests starting every day. No busted season. Just pick a contest, choose your team, and compete against each other uh, on a daily basis late, there's a new this year there's an upgraded experience there's late swap contests you can edit your players right up to the start time of their individual games there's no more worrying about a late lineup scratch or a sudden storm non-late swap contests are still available too and in fact there's an updated scoring portion that sh- you should be made aware of there's quality starts that are added so your pitchers even if they have an unfavorable matchup like you highlighted against Syndergaard today uh, the opposing pitcher Tehran still has chance to control his outing with his own performance if he goes deep into that one in a pitcher's duel and they have a friends mode john where we can create a league for our friends we do have the rotowire staff league but i'd love to get another one going with some of the guys that maybe do the monday to friday pods that sounds like a good idea that would be great and uh i might pursue that after this show buddy uh choose the days that you play each week contests will be created automatically plus there's a leaderboard which will keep track of how you all stack up against one another, and it's all about bragging rights. You don't have to put money down for those side bets. I get a lot of mileage out of bragging rights, John. I don't know about you. But... Uh, I've noticed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm terrible with the upper hand. <laughs> and we want to remind our listeners to have all the fantasy that baseball has to offer. FanDuel, be sports rich. Sign up today. Go to FanDuel.com RW. And you've been really good to me about the fact that my Blue Jays have been buried so far this season. But uh, listen, the floor is open to you if you want to crow about your
3: well, I mean, most of my anger has just been directed at the Red Sox. So, I mean, we, we don't even have to get into it. We have that uh, in common. It's gonna it's gonna make me boil over. So, we'll. Just get on. Let's let's, uh, let the people have our good catcher picks because uh, if I talk about Machado getting his head thrown out one more time, you're going to lose it.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And before we close out the ad portion, we want to remind you there's a special offer for new users: deposit today and you'll get a free six month RotoWire subscription plus five free entries. That's up to fifty dollars in value. Try a variety of sports on FanDuel uh that's fanduel.com slash rw all right john i know you're chomping at the bit so let's get into the catcher picks the top tier why don't you give us a bit of an introduction to the guys that you uh, might like to feature there
3: well uh as you kind of mentioned at the at the top of the show we're starting to see uh, things sort of crystallize and i think that that's also being reflected in the way that we're seeing uh the slates and the in the prices a lot in a lot of positions especially catcher um we we see pretty much every day it's posey and then whoever else, and then usually, uh, whoever is getting the, the cores bump, uh, <laughs> several hundred dollars, uh, below. Uh, so Posey obviously number one here tonight, uh, he's 3,600, uh, going against a lefty. He's OPSing over a thousand against lefties this year. So if you wanted to pay up, uh, at, at catcher, and if you wanted to target Alex Wood a little bit, uh, Posey would definitely be the, the way to get that started because, you know, uh, Brandon Crawford's a little bit banged up. Uh, Brandon Belt's a left-hander. So uh, I think Posey would be the way to get things started as far as your giant stack was concerned if you were to go that route. I'm probably not, but, you know, just tossing it out there. Um, moving on from that, Austin Hedges uh, either hits a home run or he strikes out. Uh, kind of an interesting guy, I suppose, for, for GPP purposes. Plus, uh, going to chase field, uh, that's always a good thing as far as your hitters are concerned. Uh, Wheaters, uh, Tony Walters, um and Dustin Garno are all between 3200 and 3100 all playing in that cores game none of them are all that appealing to me none of them have that that sort of pop upside that I'm really looking for um I- even in that sort of core setting there so I'm probably uh, staying away from them and then we have Wellington Castillo and Wilson Contreras here. Uh, Contreras kind of stood out to me when I when I was first uh, looking over this slate at at thirty one hundred, but uh, he's really been struggling against right-handers uh, this year in Glasgow as a right-hander so i'm probably gonna gonna fade away from him even though i'll do like his price tag a decent bit uh so that's pretty much my read on this tier
2: yeah i love the fact that you highlighted the coors bump because both catchers there are among the top four that are offered on the board and uh could benefit certainly from from playing in in that uh, very favorable hitters haven but i like wellington castillo uh, i think uh, john mm-hmm. we haven't talked about this this guy was a great addition for your squad i i I mean, the rich get richer in terms of a deep offense. He's well protected there and uh, a guy who's coming off a great season and he's hitting up a storm already, hitting me close to a 300 clip so far in the early going. So for $3,100, he's one of my favorite picks in that range. If we went a little bit lower, though, John, let's take it from 2600 up to 2900 I think there's some, uh, some valuable options here that might uh, make a nice fit and give you some flexibility to spend elsewhere.
3: I really like the the Texas catchers. You know, whichever one uh, draws in tonight, uh, either Robinson Chirinos at twenty six hundred against Minnesota or, or Luke Roy. You know, so that that's a home game for the Rangers. Um, Chirinos has obviously outperformed Luke Roy to this point in the season, but I, I did look at some Luke Roy numbers here to to kind of. Wrap my head around why he's so terrible thus far. Uh, he has a really high contact rate, ninety-one uh, percent. Obviously, that that'll come back to earth a little bit, but his his batting average on balls and plays is, is at two hundred, and the you know the sort of general league average for that is around three hundred. Yeah. So you know for him to be that far below the norm, I think that that number uh, progresses to the mean at some point here, and I think it, going against a Twins team, I think it makes sense uh, for things to start to turn around a little bit uh, for Lucroy. So Lucroy sitting at 2800 uh i could see that working out uh jt real muto uh of the marlins he's got a high floor like he's very rarely going to give you a, a goose egg uh but I, I don't really love his ceiling as much as i did earlier in the season he was tearing the cover off the ball earlier in the season but now he hasn't had a double digit outing since uh april 14th so uh Real Muto is sort of a a fine punt option, I suppose, but uh, I think Lucroy or Chirinos would be uh, my calls if I'm going a little bit cheaper at catcher here.
2: For me, uh, we didn't cross paths here in this one. That's an interesting observation I have because I looked at V-Mart and Russell Martin, two guys that started off with terrible uh, opening weeks in the season, but both have picked it up lately and uh, are on pretty good streaks in terms of keeping the ball, hitting the ball safely over the last week and a half. So Mm -hmm. I look at that, veteran hitters, who are are hitting way below their their uh usual punching weight and and the blue jays particularly are counting on martin with a couple of injuries on their roster so he gets to move up a little bit in in terms of the batting order uh, versus what he normally does in fact they even started him at third base yesterday giving the knees a bit of a break so uh, i think he'll be a little bit fresher uh, than he might otherwise be playing behind the plate every day so i like the matchup that he has against martinez who as i mentioned off the top is struggling for st louis and he could be one of the healthy bats the jays trot out trot out there and could be productive v mm-hmm. mart for his part we know he's one of the the better uh, hitting catchers in all of baseball retains that catcher uh, eligibility, I'll say. And uh, so I, I like that possibility here uh, as well what about in
3: two of his teammates have been ripping the cover off the ball at catcher too I mean uh, both Avila and McCann right. went for over 30 points last night as well I think they're both of those guys could potentially be worth consideration if you know if you're not on as high on James Paxton as uh, you are
2: that's right so uh, what about some of the guys below the $2,500 mark you mentioned the Detroit catchers uh, the, that are there uh, they're in this range at $2,400 what about anybody yeah, anybody else
3: uh, not particularly, I, I think, uh, otherwise this, this is sort of a, a graveyard part of the, uh, of the catcher, uh, tier, the catcher position. So, uh, you'll, ha- you'd have to look and see if, if it's either McCann or Avila behind the plate and where they're hitting in the order. And if that appeals to you, uh, but I think either of them are, are, completely fine GPP candidates. I mean, Avila somehow is hitting over 400s, obviously a relatively small sample size, but you're getting a 400 hitter, uh, left-hander, uh, so he's probably going to be sitting actually against against Paxton. So may, maybe McCann would be would be worth considering at twenty four hundred, but well, that, that's about as, as low as I'm going.
2: And one guy that I'll just throw in, just because he's a platoon type catcher for Philadelphia and should get the uh, opportunity today, and that's Cameron Rupp. He has been a lefty masher in in terms of his slate over the last couple of years that I've noticed. Of course, he's only playing limited role, but uh, in in this platoon situation. But if he does get the start, maybe he's a guy that that uh, you plug in. And again give you flexibility elsewhere just because of that opportunity so with that let's move it over to the first base side and see some of those premier guys that might be at the other end of the spectrum Uh, some high-end guys that you might want to plug in there's about six of them in the 4,000 plus uh, range John why don't you introduce a couple of those names to us
3: Um, usual suspects here we got Rizzo uh, going against the Pirates we got Goldschmidt go at home uh, going against the Padres Will Myers on the other side of that comp contest at 4200 Ryan Zerman out at cores 4200 and Mark Reynolds at 4,000. Uh, Miguel Cabrera obviously uh, banged up right now but Goldschmidt stands out to me I think that we're starting to see that the beginnings of one of those classic Goldschmidt tears um, he he he's bit he's on a bit of a hit streak or or well he's hit in safely in five of his last six games he had four he went four for four on Tuesday night with a double and a home run, three runs, uh, driven in. Obviously he also gives you more steal potential than anyone else at the first base position. Uh, so Goldschmidt to me, uh, I'm all in on the, on the Diamondbacks uh, for this evening. And I, I feel very confident that in paying up that 4,300 salary for him.
2: Well, you mentioned two other guys that I'll talk about. Then in this range, and that's Ryan Zimmerman and Mark Reynolds. Both of them carrying hot sticks. That's one way I lean when I start to get a bit form sure. chart. And these guys are both high on the list of hot hitting first basemen. You look at Zimmerman: four homers, eleven ribbies, at a 400 batting average of the past seven games. And for his part, Mark Reynolds much the same: a 360 batting average with three homers and nine ribbies. So hot sticks at the at the first base position. That uh, rate among the higher priced guys. If you believe in street. Players, then uh, you took take a look at one of these two guys for tonight. Sure. Uh, first baseman, John. In my opinion, what about dropping down below that range, say from thirty nine hundred down to say thirty one hundred dollars, where we see Adam Lind at thirty one hundred. We got Freddie Freeman at thirty nine hundred, and in between, there's some other good options too.
3: Freeman obviously has been playing uh, one of the best brands of first base uh, from an offensive perspective all season. He's really off to a career year. Uh, it's been great to see. But, you know, again, going against Thor, I'm just not going to really play any Braves. And especially when I, I consider the rest of that lineup so anemic, even if Freeman gets on base three times, I, I kind of have my doubts about the Braves being able to bring him across. Uh, So I'm going to stay away from Freeman uh, this evening. Uh, Mitch Moreland going against uh, Severino could be interesting. Uh, He's obviously uh, off to a very hot start this year, more so than people were expecting. But Matt Carpenter kind of sticks out to me here. It's kind of weird to have him uh, in the first base slot, but that's kind of where he's been playing to start the year. Um, So he's at 3,300 going against uh, Matt Latos. I think there, there could be a case to be made, uh, for a Cardinal stack a little bit tonight. If you want to go off the beaten path a little bit, um, going against Latos target him, uh, with a, with, you know, what's really a typically a cheap first baseman. I feel like you and I usually, uh, tend to pay up at this position but 3300 you can definitely save yourself uh, some room to to you know pay up elsewhere pay up in the outfield or for a premium infield or middle infielder
2: well and I'm going to counter by saying I'm not as scared as you about Freddie Freeman just because in the small sample size that Syndergaard's had against the Atlanta Braves he hasn't fared all that well giving up a 288 batting average and uh, Freddie Freeman's enjoyed some success against him so hey he gets on base he gets a couple of hits could be an interesting contrarian play in this range if you uh, avoid everything that you just said a couple of minutes Mm -hmm. ago John so I don't fear him as much as you Uh, I I also look at a guy like a Hanley Ramirez in this matchup of mortal rivals against the Reds uh, the Yankees He's a guy that I, I think comes to the fore for the, in the middle of that Boston offense, so a guy who's uh, not, not off to the greatest start of, of the season, but I think in, he could be inspired just because of the limelight and uh, the fact that this, this uh, series puts the, both teams center stage in the most storied rivalry in baseball as it unfolds again tonight, so I don't mind paying up for Freeman or uh, fading a little bit uh, some of the higher price guys and going with a, a power bat in the middle of a potent Red Sox order so there's two like that. to think about what about below $3000 we got Kendrys Morales at 3000 and Trey Mancini who's been going nuts for the Orioles uh 2900 any either of those two or other players in this range that interest you
3: Uh, I I think that uh, Mancini would make some sense, but uh, you'll have to watch out for the lineup because uh, Showalter kind of sat Hyunsu Kim for forever, it seemed like. And obviously the Orioles will be facing a right-hander tonight, so they might uh, opt to use him in left field again and keep Mancini on the bench we'll have to see what goes on there also Trumbo has been really struggling so maybe Mancini draws in a DH that's just something that you'll have to watch out for the lineup uh before you lock in Mancini but if he's in you know I I think you could certainly uh, uh make a case for for him uh Dropping down a little bit, though, I do like Yonder Alonzo a little bit uh, going against Shoemaker. I usually only consider Alonzo uh, when he's going against a righty. Um, he's kind of hit for more power than we're used to seeing out of him uh, this year. He's got three home runs so far and 10 RBI. Um, so I think going against Shoemaker, I think he's a vi- he's going to be very uh, low owned. So I think. He's a guy that I would at least consider, and then you know I'm probably going to waste a lineup by using Greg Bird again because I, I I'm so sold on his power, but I'm so <laughs> I'm so I mean at least I'm realistic with with how he's been to start the year. I mean he's barely hitting over a hundred. He's hitting 104 so far. Uh, that's pretty, you know. That's just rough stuff. So you, yeah. you know you're, you're you're definitely risking taking the zero from your first base position, uh, by using bird. But I think the Yankees are going to get to Porcello tonight. And I think that bird could sneakily, uh, be part of the reason why.
2: Exactly. I agree with all the names you suggested. I'll add two more. You know I'm a big fan of Adrian Gonzalez. He's a righty masher, and he gets Johnny Cueto in another big rivalry series tonight. So I like the fact he's carrying a hot stick into play. He's got a couple of multi-hit games in the last week, and hitting more often than not in most other games that he plays. So he's good to get on base and save you some money on first base in this game. I also like the power opportunity that Lucas Duda brings to the table. He's averaged over 10 FanDuel points per game, and you don't get Uh, that anywhere else in in this price range so for $2,600 it might take a flyer on him and the power that he brings to the table tonight against Tehran so uh, with that let's move over to the second base position John and uh, take us to the top of the board there we got uh, about four or five guys about above the 3,500 Mark why don't we start there
3: well I think at the top of the list um it's Daniel Murphy, it's forty two hundred. Obviously he's at cores. Drove in five last night, was didn't even lead his team in RBI. Just a <laughs> just a you know, just a circus of a game. Um, but I think you know, especially if you if you're considering using those guys that we just mentioned at lower, you know, sub three thousand first baseman. Uh, to save room for for you know a national stack with with Murphy and Turner or Murphy and Harper, I you know I'd say go for it. I, I think I'm going to at least try to try to get one of those lineups together uh, this evening. Obviously, I'll have to probably go cheap a pitcher two because I believe Harper's over five thousand, but uh, Murphy is Murphy is uh, he's come out the other side of his little little tiny slump and obviously. Uh, being in cores, even though, even though he's going against arguably uh, the best Rockies pitcher this evening, I I don't think that that really means a whole lot when you're talking about uh, uh, Daniel Murphy that's locked in so I, I like him at 4200 if you can find the room uh, the optimizer really likes Brian Dozier I can't disagree with that he gives you some second or uh, some stolen base potential in addition to some pop uh, with the but he is going against Cole Hamels but it is in Texas so you know that there's ways to talk yourselves into him uh, Robinson Cano facing a, facing a left-hander uh, that that probably takes him out of consideration uh, for me but um uh, it, what i mean do you have any other opinions on these kind of higher up second baseman
2: i love caesar hernandez in this range uh, john he's got six multi-hit games in his last nine, eight games out there and in terms of the batter versus pitcher matchups Wei in chan the opposing mound uh uh, opponent uh is is on the long end of some some bad uh splits between batters versus pitchers so I think that uh, the Marlins could be in trouble against a possible Philly stack and I'll I'll start talking about that with uh, the inclusion of Cesar Hernandez who's, who's been the most productive second baseman in this tier in terms of daily fan duel play so far this season uh, playing at a real all-star caliber and uh, that's not a surprise to me I really like him as a player um down below this range, we have a, a mittful of other potential guys that make a lot of sense. From Ian Kinsler at thirty-five hundred dollars down to, let's say, uh, Starling Castro at thirty-two hundred.
3: Uh, Kinsler, obviously, uh, you know, he's a guy that that I believe scored four times on Tuesday night. You know that 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 the Tigers lineup, but, uh, you know, there's that possibility of people chasing the points and then not getting rewarded for it because, you know, Paxton, I think is is coming in as a much sharper pitcher than, than what, uh, King Felix, unfortunately was uh, on Tuesday night, Jonathan scope has been on fire of late. He's, he's always an extra base hit, uh, threat, uh Forsyth, uh not as uh, sold on. I think he might actually still be hurt actually. Um but Ruvenet Odor going against Minnesota at home. He's always hitting fifth in the order. Obviously O'Dor hasn't had quite the start to the season as as many would have hoped. He's hitting under two hundred, but he draws an extremely favorable matchup tonight and he, as always, he's hitting in an extremely, uh, favorable part of that lineup. So I do like, uh, his potential here. And then I've been a Castro DF or FanDuel fan, uh, this entire season, he's been off to a great start and he's pretty much rewarded me every time I've put him in the lineup here. So it doesn't really bother me. that he's going against a right-hander and Rick Porcello. I think the Yankees are going to get to him. So 3,200 uh, is a nice way to get some high, in the lineup exposure going against Porcello if you want to use that Yankee stack.
2: Yeah, and I think I'm going to add the name of Ben Zobrist into this range. Tyler Glasnow has had a rough start to say the least for the Pirates so far this year and uh, that's a heck of an offense that Chicago brings against him if he's not right. They could really light him up tonight and Zobrist I figure could be a big part of that. And I echo your sentiments about Ruggiero. The guy's got a great uh, record in the head-to-head matchup against his uh, opposing pitcher tonight. So when you look at an 11 for 26 slate, that's starting to get into significant numbers in terms of the uh, number of plate appearances that he's had and the success that it's translated into. I don't want to talk too much more about this guy. I'm going to throw up in my mouth a little bit. (laughs) John, let's take it down to the next range and see if there's any value below the $3,000 mark that you want to cover off in this position.
3: I'm I'm a big Brandon Drury guy. You know, as I mentioned before, I'm all in on the on the Diamondbacks uh, for this slate and Drury. Is- a really nice way of, of going about that uh, he's been hitting uh, near near the Goldschmidt's and lambs of the world in the in that lineup of late uh, he's been extremely hot uh, at home uh, he's hits 444 at home and that's over well over 30 at bats. so you know that that's at least a significant sample size he's slashing uh, 364 440 455 over his last week with a pair of doubles as well so he's a guy that that's been getting base hits, getting on base, and he's been in, the, in a lineup that's obviously just kind of tearing the cover off the ball and gets a pretty favorable matchup against a guy in Trevor Cahill that I don't think has been hit uh, the way that we've been expecting the, thus far this year, but I think that time is coming, and I think uh, tonight could be that the opening of the floodgates there.
2: Yeah, the only other guy I'll add in this range is a bit of a long shot when you consider John Lester and the quality that he brings to the mound for Chicago, but I like the Pittsburgh offense in this one, and Josh Harrison fact- factors in there. He's got hits and uh, multi-hit efforts, uh, a couple of them in a, a very torrid last seven days, batting one, nine, 290 on the year with a homer and three ribbies so far, so I uh, I wouldn't mind taking a shot, kind of a contrarian play, but that's what you're looking at in this range, aren't, aren't you? Uh, and so for $2,900, maybe a guy that you plug in to one of uh, multiple lineups he might throw out there this evening exactly what about at third base john we got nolan arenado and you talk about that colorado situation uh, expecting a high scoring game there that's why he's all alone at the 4800 mark beyond him it's chris bryant 4200 and let's take a look down to josh donaldson won't be playing so forget him at 3600 but justin turner figures to be in there for uh, los angeles so what say you about the top five or six guys
3: uh the, this tier Let's see here. Uh, Arenado, he's a guy that uh, if you if you want to, you, you're going to have to use a cheap pitcher to to fit him into your lineup, and you, you really need him to to do a ton uh, this evening in order to come anywhere close to hitting value. So I'm probably not going the Arenado route. Uh, Bryant's a guy that couldn't blame you if you put him in your lineup, but I'm going Jake Lamb. You know, just continuing my theme here, I'm going all Diamondbacks. Uh, big big time Diamondback stack uh, today. Uh, Anthony Rendon at 3,700 don't fall for that trap. I, I, that is, uh, that's just an unbelievable price tag for, for a guy that's gave, giving you just over six fantasy points, uh, per game. So, uh, even though he's in that Washington lineup, anytime that Washington goes off, it doesn't seem like Rendon has anything to do with it. So uh, maybe I'm just a Rendon hater. I don't know, but definitely off of him. And I think Turner would be a fine option at 3,600, but from this top tier, definitely, uh, leaning towards jake lamb
2: yeah i echo your sentiments Uh, i'm a little bit fearful of most of the other choices that you've touched upon in this range for the reasons that you expressed so i'm not going to duplicate the effort john fine job there buddy uh let's go down from 3500 on down you got your uh Maybe a guy who's who's on the back of your pillowcase, uh, his picture, Manny Machado at $3,500. Adrian Beltre, $3,500 as well, one of my all-time favorites in the FanDuel play. And on down, let's go to $3,100, Yangervis Solarte there. There's about seven or eight guys we can talk about in this range. John, who appeals to you?
3: Um, you know, as, as I mentioned before, if you if you want to lean the Yankees route, I think Chase Headley is a nice way of, of getting more exposure to that at thirty four hundred. So if you have uh, Headley uh, and Castro, you're, you're only spending thirty three hundred per for for guys that are going to be hitting near the top of that lineup against Porcello. So I think that Headley would be an all right. Uh, choice if you wanted to lean that route. Um, also, Nick Castellanos is near the top of the league as far as hard hit rate is concerned. So he's he's going against Paxton tonight. So he, he brings heat. Uh, Castellanos is obviously barreling things up. So that could lead to some, some high exit velocity, some, you know, we could see the ball potentially fly out of the park there. So Castellanos at 3,400, certainly intriguing. And Gallo, obviously a guy that, uh, when he, when he runs into one, it's, I mean, it's gone and it's gone in a hurry. So, uh, I think those guys have that, have the pop potential, um, and, and, where they sit in the lineup I think it's all appealing uh to me if you wanted to if you wanted to drop down from that from that upper echelon uh with with Jake Lamb and also I'd like to note on Machado that he's one for 15 against Alex Cobb
2: so that's why you didn't mention him eh? I nope. see. okay good <laughs> I'm going to say Joey Gallo, echo your sentiments there. The hottest stick, I think, at the hot corner. Five homers and seven ribbies for a 318 batting average in the last week. Uh, To me, the hottest stick out there, and he's hitting for power, so I think I lean heavily in his direction. My second pick is another power hitter who's going quite well so far this season. A lot of RBIs on his ledger already, and that's uh, Miguel Sano. I expect a huge year from him, and and he seems to be uh, off to a pretty good start, too, so I like those guys more than uh, most others in this range. John, and if we drop down below them, uh, from three thousand on down, uh, there's there are a couple of more intriguing picks in here, aren't there?
3: There there aren't a, a t- there aren't as many sub three thousand names as I was expecting on this slate, but one that you could go for, um, just because he of where he's sitting, price tag wise, uh, he's going to be going against Alex Wood for just 2,400. That's Christian Arroyo. He's one of the better uh, Giants prospects. He just got the call up, I believe, on Monday. Uh, Just got his first big league hit on Tuesday, and that came against Clayton Kershaw. So that's always an encouraging sign. So uh, you figure he's going to be in the lineup going against a lefty as a right-handed bat. So at 2,400, you know, if you wanted to pair your Arroyo, he he is in a different part of the lineup than, than Posey, obviously. He hits closer to the bottom third. But you know, he's a cheap way to get, to get that Giants exposure against uh, Alex Wood. So I I think he would be my choice if I, if I were to go extra cheap at the third base position.
2: Well, we both slagged on Matt Latos a little bit. One of the reasons why I'm so down on him is numbers like, uh, Jed Jericho has against him over their careers and and Jericho for his part has also got nine hits in his last four days. So he comes into this matchup as hot as anybody on the board really. So I think he's a guy that screams, pick me, pick me. So I will, when it comes to our head to head lineups, John, and uh, this is maybe one of the screaming hot values that i like to highlight from time to time. Uh, yeah. Uh, be leaning against my club, just like you did against yours with the fate on Machado. I'm shocked. I'm mm-hmm. still shaking my head over here. can't believe <laughs> you did that.
3: <laughs> I mean, he's been off to a bad start this year. I mean, I can be completely honest about that.
2: It calls him like your season, buddy. I like that. Hey, Uh, okay. Over to the shortstop position. Trey Turner tops the list at $4,500. You'll pay up for him and Trevor Story and Gene Segura and the likes of uh, some others there. Uh, let's go down to $3,400 There's six names in that group. And uh, who do you like? Who do you don't?
3: So if you, if you can, then obviously Trey Turner, uh, should definitely be in, in one of your lineups, uh, tonight. He's, you know, he's so dynamic. He He's a guy that can not only drive the ball for extra base hits, but he can just, uh, stretch, you know, what would seem like a routine base hit into a double, or once he gets on base, he's so dangerous as a base dealer. So 4,500, certainly worth that price tag at course. Uh, I feel the opposite about Trevor story, but I've been kind of knocking Trevor story uh, throughout the year. And I think he hit a grand slam on Friday, uh, when I was saying to not play him. So, uh, take, take that for what you will. Um, Gene Segura back healthy. He's off. He looks like he's kind of back into form, but I like Corey Seager a lot, even though he's going against Quay. you know, 3,400 is just, is just not a whole lot for, for the the kind of talent uh, that Seager has. And he, you know, he's a guy that, that hits usually number two in that, in that uh, Dodgers lineup that, that can be dangerous. It's been a little bit dormant to start the year, but I I don't think that that's necessarily Seager's fault. So I do like Seager, uh, Probably the most of this tier, if if I'm if I can't afford Trey Turner.
2: Well, I love uh, Gene Segura in this in this range. Four multi-hit games in his 11, last seven starts, batting a lusty 342 so far with some pop and some speed. Why wouldn't you want to get him in the lineup? Uh, sure. he, he can do it all. Five to a five-tool player it looks like right now, and uh, I think he's back to a level of play that I expected. He took a bit of a. A holiday for parts of last season in that regard but I think he's back and firing on all cylinders so I'll take a bit of that action I'll also love uh, Xander Bogarts in this range another guy who comes to the fore in this marquee matchup uh, more often than not in the Red Sox uh, Yankees rivalry and uh, in the middle of that Boston order I love him at, at $3,400 absolutely one of, the, one of the better values in this range too John uh, looking at the $3,300 down to 3000 there's about 10 or 12 names in this group so uh, why don't you take us through your best picks in this area
3: uh let's see i think guys like taylor modder and wilmer defoe are a bit of uh fool's gold for for tonight uh but i think modder is a fine play in general but going against lefties he's been he's been really Uh, struggling to start the season. So uh, I'm going to leave him alone. And Defoe is just kind of a guy that's like, oh, hey, he's in the Nationals lineup and he's (laughs) at core. So ergo, he must be good. And it's sort of a Rendon type of deal where, you know, he's just really not going to produce a whole lot for you. So I'm I'm off of Wilmer Defoe. I've gotten burned by him several times this year. Uh, Addison Russell at 3,000 kind of surprises me, uh, honestly. I think he kind of stood out to me as, as one of the you know, more underpriced shortstops with, with some of the more upside, you know, he's been hitting for power a decent bit this year. He's got two home runs. Uh, he's hitting close to three 90, or hitting close to 300 here, uh, averaging well over, uh, 10 points, uh, per game here. So going against glass now, I do like Russell's chances of certainly hitting value this evening. And I like Andrews at 3000 as well.
2: Yeah, and I like Oledmiz Diaz. Uh, we may have passed over him. He's got some hitting for power over the last 10 days. Gets the soft matchup against Latos and St. Louis. I think we'll be looking for a measure of revenge. They they coughed up a chance to, to take the win last night against the Jays team that got into right. town at about 5.30 in the morning. So uh, I think that the cards sleepwalked just as much as the Jays did in that one. Um, yeah. So I, uh, that's all I got in addition to the people that you mentioned there. What about some bargain hunting below the $3,000 mark, John? What are you looking for there?
3: Well, Tim Beckham at twenty seven hundred. He's a, he's a talented guy, former high draft pick. Um, he's been hitting the ball a little, a little bit better this year than he has in years past. Uh, so I think that he might w- warrant a little bit of consideration here. But really, I'm going to try to stick to a. I'm going to try to keep my budget to where I can go three thousand or higher with my shortstops because I, I think it th- we get to a pretty ugly neck of the woods here uh, once we once we fall b- much below the 28 2700 range I mean do, do you have any sort of counter to that is there is there any gems down here
2: one guy and I'm going to put him in my lineup tonight tonight John that's how confident I feel about Freddie Galvis and I already touched on the fact that I think this is an opportunity to stack against the Miami starting pitcher there's a bunch of guys here that have done very well against him in their histories and Galvis is off to a decent well he's had a few decent games in, uh, so far this year so I, I feel confident enough that that uh, this switch hitter will take advantage of the matchup uh, as, as well as, as some of his mates. So he's just along for the ride and uh, a guy who's only hitting 227, but he's got a couple of homers and I like the nine ribbies. That's the attractive part for me. And also the history that he's enjoyed against the opposing mound, mound man. So uh, I don't mind taking a, a bit of a hit here and, and dropping down into the, the sub 3,000 range with a guy like him with, with the matchup that I'm describing. Yes. Over to the outfield position we go. We got our first $5,000 player among the hitters uh, that I've seen uh, so far this year when we do these shows, and that's Bryce Harper. Last week, John, I'll say that you cashed in when we did the Staff League, but I, I knocked it out of the park by picking this guy, and he had a monster game last Wednesday. Yeah, so, he did. Uh, so uh, one of the strongest performances of the season, and I commend you for coming through uh, in the winner's circle in our, in our pool too, John. So good for you. You didn't mention that. I'd be all over this kind of stuff if I yeah, were you. That. Man. You know that it's two weeks in a row that's that's excellent man keep her going buddy uh and uh so anyway the top of the order in the outfield uh features harper but there's trout there's blackman there's Eaton, there's john carl stanton and mookie Betts. so give us a look at those those five or six guys and tell me who do you like the most
3: harper obviously you know harper and trout if you can if you can afford them then absolutely go for it uh i i'd I usually would like to pair one of these guys with with one of their teammates, obviously. But the, you know, uh, in the case of the Nationals or the Rockies, you're going to have to pay a lot to sort of get get a stack or you know get two guys in the lineup next to each other. Um, whereas Trout, I just I don't feel. Uh, pushed to use any sort of other angel, although Trout can Trout can certainly just produce on his own and, and be worth that 4,800 price tag. Uh, Bets is also uh, a safe bet, and um, Giancarlo Stanton obviously the, r- the ridiculous power. But I really liked uh, Nelson Cruz right. uh, sitting here at 4,100. He draws the left-handed matchup, and it seems like Cruz has finally kind of woken up from his early season slumber. He's you know he's back-to-back games of. Over 30 fan dual points, three straight games, or four straight games, I'm sorry, uh, in double digits. He seems to be really uh, covering the plate well right now, and I think he draws a favorable matchup where I think the Mariners are going to be able to get uh, to Norris here. So I think uh, Cruz uh, has a significant amount of upside if you want to go for this expensive part of the outfield tier, which I think you do need some exposure one way or the other. And I think if you're a little bit strapped, too strapped to get a guy like Blackman or Trout or, or Harper, I think you could do a whole lot worse than going for uh, Nelson Cruz.
2: Yeah, to echo your sentiments, John, some of the numbers that these guys have put up in the last week really make me lean in this direction. You've got to have one of the three, these three guys in your lineup, in my opinion. I'm going to say Charlie Blockman, maybe the hottest hitting outfielder right now. A three ninety three batting average, four homers, 12 ribbies in the past week. Nelly Cruz is one of my favorites in fan play whenever I see a favorable matchup. Uh, screams pick me, pick me tonight with a four fifty five average, two homers, nine ribbies in the last week. And the same can be said for Geostan. Uh, who hit some of the longest home runs we've seen Uh, he's batting 357 with four homers and seven ribbies in the past week so I'm I'm echoing your sentiments you've got to have one of these premium guys in your lineup particularly as they're going as hot as they are so far this season Uh, sub this group there's still a couple of more guys in the low 4000s and in the high 3000 worth uh, talking about so why don't we take a look at Nelly uh we mentioned Nelly Cruz so AJ Pollock down to, let's say, Adam Jones at $3,700, John.
3: I could not find room for, for Pollock, but uh, certainly if you if you wanted to get in on the Diamondback stack, uh, then he then he should certainly be worth uh, your consideration. Uh, I mentioned earlier in this show that Cespedes uh, has has struggled uh, throughout his career against Tehran, so I'm probably going to leave him alone this evening. Uh, thirty eight hundred is a bit expensive to me for, for Ben and Uh Para at thirty six hundred is a I suppose a decent way of getting some exposure to this course game and uh, he hit sort of what was a de facto garbage time home run uh, in in Tuesday night's uh, loss to the Nationals. Uh, so obviously he does have that sort of uh, pop. And, it, you know, uh, I think Benny Ricciardi kind of put it, put it uh, the best when he said it's, fan- it's fantasy sports. It doesn't matter uh, when the score comes, it, just as long as it, as it happens. So, you know, we, we don't need the Rockies to win for, in order for Parra to produce. And Parra obviously uh, hit value for his own last night uh, so I think he'd be worth consideration there but uh, I'm not super high I'm, I'm not targeting uh, this tier particularly hard I think that there there are better options for a little bit cheaper
2: yeah I agree with you the only other name that I'll throw out is your Adam your guy Adam Jones he hasn't gone hitless in two straight games yet this year and uh, has been very productive in terms of the long ball and uh, in terms of average fan duel performance so I, I like his matchup tonight as we've been harping on the Baltimore side a little bit, or at least I have more than you. I'm surprised at that, John. But <laughs> I, I, like, I like Jones in this matchup just because he's uh, probably my favorite Oriole and and he's been hitting for some pop. And in the middle of that potent lineup, they can roll a 10 uh, uh, the odd night. And this might be one situation where they might in support of Dylan Bunny tonight. Uh, let's drop it down a little bit lower into this three, 3,600, take it down to uh, 3,000. John, there's a whole bunch of names here, but want to go through this big range with you since I think we find lots of value here.
3: All right. Yeah, I think I think uh, Ellsbury and Judge on the Yankees, as I've been harping on throughout the show. uh, I think both of those guys are worth consideration at thirty six hundred. But you got to remember that Ellsbury tends to hit in a more favorable part of the lineup uh, than Bird. So while he doesn't quite have the home run potential uh, hitting in that in that higher part part in the lineup kind of gives him the edge for me. If I were to pick between uh, the two of them, Jay Bruce, thirty six hundred as well. Tough matchup uh, going against Tehran. Chris Davis going against Shoemaker. Chris Davis obviously is a guy that, that can take pretty much any pitcher in the bigs uh, out of the yard. Steven Souza, I think he bruised his elbow a little bit, but he seems to be fine. He's obviously been, been having himself an excellent start to the season here uh, for uh, for the Rays. Uh, Mark Trumbo on the other end of that spectrum uh, checking in at 3,200, having kind of a disappointing uh, start to this season. Ger- Gerard Dyson, brings you the speed upside if, you, if you're looking to kind of just hope or bank on an on base plus a steal or Max Kepler who's kind of a nice all-around bat uh, checking in at 3,300 um, and Nomar Mazar at 3,200 I find is a, is a pretty nice value as well. Do you, do, you, do you find anyone else from this kind of tier that uh, kind of stood out to you?
2: I got two of them John in addition to the names that you mentioned you checked off a lot of them that I was going to highlight but I got Yasmani Tomas who's on a hot hitting streak and he gets a really favorable Thanks. matchup tonight I love that situation for him he's got a pile of ribbies to his ledger all right already hitting over 315 so far this year and so i like him a lot tonight and i also like hunter pence a professional hitter who is getting it done also off to a fine start this season and he gets a a good matchup again in, in terms of a righty lefty situation against alex wood so i like those two guys in addition to the names that you mentioned there pal What about in the sub-3,000 range to close out our analysis of the position players? John, uh, who do you see uh, that might be a surprise pick uh, that you might include to balance your roster out just a little bit?
3: Uh, Let's see here. I'm going to go way down the list a little bit um, towards the bottom here. Uh, Another prospect that I mentioned, Arroyo at the third base spot, I'm going to bring up, uh, Cody Bellinger of the Dodgers on the other side of that game. He's, he's sort of the, the Dodgers counter, uh, to the giants, as far as their their new kind of uh, hot prospect that's been called up. Uh, he's going to be, he's been going against Cueto, but he is a left-handed hitter. And he, you know, he's a guy that, that has mashed, uh, throughout his time in the minors, obviously, uh, going up to that stadium, it, it's, uh, not quite, Uh, the hitter friendly park that he was was used to seeing out in the, I guess, the Pacific Coast League. But I still think that that he's worth consideration at at just twenty four hundred just based on upside. And and the way that I constructed my lineup, I definitely needed to uh, a real kind of salaried uh, break. And he he was the best way to me of providing that while also having a bit of uh, the upside that I'm looking for.
2: Well, and I'm going to echo the same sentiment, but you can just insert the name of Daniel Nava in there for me. He's off to a fine start so far this season, and I also want him to be a part of a stack that I'm putting in against way in Chan of Miami. I've harped on that all day long in this episode. Consider the 7-for-17 seven for history that he owns against him with a homer and three ribbies. That's a, an OPS over 1,000, and I get him for a, a sub 3,000, so I'm thrilled to throw him in there and, and round out my squad, John. So uh, that's our look at our uh, our best bets uh, along the whole way uh john let's take a look at uh well what what does your lineup look like today let's let's go there
3: well i went the contrarian route i'm not sure if i'm going to end up sticking with this i'll i'll make sure to tweet out if i if i end up changing my pitcher because this is this is kind of crazy but uh, i am going with tehran to start out uh (laughs) then then i went with uh, Chirinos at catcher goldschmidt at, at first drury at second uh third base i have jake lamb so that that's that uh diamondback stack and I, I have one more diamondback later on uh at shortstop i have Corey Seeger. outfield i have bellinger uh in addition to that i have nelson cruz and yasmani tomas so i think that you you brought up tomas and and how he's been doing i think you know if, if i can get all four of those diamondbacks hitting back to back to back to back in the order uh, going against Cahill I think that could really really pay off yeah, uh, tonight th- so that's really kind of the way I'm leaning
2: for that yeah one. I think that's a great opportunity to stack for you I'm going to counter with Dylan Bundy oddly enough uh, went away from the, low, the the top tier but I still see a lot of value in picking this guy he's he's pitched at least six innings in each game start with a whip right around one He's uh, bound opponent. Alex Cobb's been very hittable so far, giving up 30 hits in only 23 innings. So I like the chances for the Baltimore offense to light him up. And it's all about getting the W and some innings from Bundy tonight. That'll make for a good game score there. Uh, yep. With with the catcher position, I went with Yaddy Molina at $2,800, saving a little money on a hot stick yet. Uh, he's got a multi-game hit streak with uh, two straight multi-hit games coming into action tonight. He's 21 uh he's 11 for 34 in his career against latos so the good numbers there and he's not looked so uh, good at all for the jays uh Uh, in the pitching role. So I think Yaddy Molina and the rest of the cards could have some fun tonight. And uh, again, saving money, only $2,800 there. Freddie Freeman, I went near the top end of the board for for first baseman. You need to, I think, uh, tonight, $3,900 in salary. He's hitting 455 with four homers over the past week. So I'm not scared to put him in here against the top rated pitcher on today's board. A bit of a contrarian play when you look at that in the Syndergaard. Uh, It might turn out to be a nice contrarian play for me, and I'm counting on it tonight, uh, going a bit against the grain there. I also touted Cesar Hernandez a little bit for $3,600, uh, kind of the near the top end of the board at second baseman. I'm drawn to this cho- choice but because he's carrying a hot stick, five multi-hit games, his last seven starts. He's got a 5-for-12 against opposing pitcher Chen, who's going to get lit up tonight. I'm quite, quite certain of that, and I'm going to stack like against it. him for sure. Uh, Jed Jerko, uh, $3,000 play uh, against the Jays. Again, I've gone twice against my club tonight. I think they're in trouble. Nine hits in his last four games. He gets a good matchup against a pitcher who's not throwing well as we said uh latos is nothing but a stopgap for a jays club that's missing two starting hurdlers i'll say at one final time and jerko and his boys could have a field day this evening i choked when i said that almost <laughs> freddie galvis at shortstop is another contrarian play uh twenty seven hundred dollars and uh, could be a good tournament pick he's on a seven game hit streak and has a five for 12 mark against chen and he's not fared well against the Phillies. let's just say that uh daniel yes. nava uh, outfielder, uh, the saving, uh, saving grace for me to put some other expensive guys together. Uh, it's very clear I'm stacking uh, Phillies, but the case is similar because he's collected five hits in five of his last six games. has a nice seven for 17 against Chen that I highlighted. And rounding out my team in, out, in the outfield, Mookie bets in that marquee matchup, $4,300. He's the, playing at the MVP level that we'd expect right out of the gate and is in the middle of the order against a pitcher who is prone to the long ball in Porcello. This is a spot where I foresee a nice payoff for sure. And I'm going to oppose him with Jacoby Ellsbury. The veteran has been on both sides of this rivalry, John, as we both know. And you know he's up to it. He'll be up to the task. He's, he's 12 for 31 with only three strikeouts in his career against Porcellos. The, the ball will be in play. This guy's still got some speed. He, he could even swipe you a bag here tonight. Uh, he's off to a great start with four multi hit games and hits in eight of his last night games. So I'm pretty comfortable with my lineup going into this evening's. Uh, play out, play down and uh, like before before we go off the off the air though i want you to take us through the rotowire optimizer lineup john uh, and uh, tell us what you think about that
3: all right, this is one uh, where you'll need to do a little bit of uh, customization probably because you, you don't want to use a hitter against your pitcher, but I do really like the, the optimizer's call of Cole Hamels uh, this evening uh, moving forward. So obviously uh, the optimizer is leaning towards going the expensive route at pitcher and then going from there. So we got Jonathan Lucroy at catcher, Chris Davis at first, um, Brian Dozier going against uh, Hamels uh, as your second baseman, Machado as your third baseman, checking in at 3,500, Corey Seager checking in at 3,400 as your shortstop, and then an outfield combination of Andrew McCutcheon going against uh, Lester, 3,900, uh, Manuel Margot going against Zach Godley. We didn't really mention much in the way of Padres bats, but he is making a season debut tonight. Maybe the Padres get to him a little bit, yeah. so that's a cheap way of going going about at 2700 and then byron buxton who uh maybe showing some signs of life at the plate now uh, got got a stolen bag on tuesday so you know at 2100 he's basically minimum price and obviously he's a guy with a ton of upside it's just it's been fr- a frustrating go for him this first month of the season
2: John, you made an interesting point about the optimizer saying that uh, you might be wary of picking batters that go against the pitcher that you might throw in. Are you a little bit concerned about that when you set your lineups? I'll ask you that question straight out. Uh, when you set your lineups, do you are you fearful of going that route a little bit?
3: Uh, yes, I, I think you know if if I'm having multiple lineups, then maybe. Uh, I'll use hitters uh, against a pitcher that I'm using in a different lineup, but I think in using them in the same lineup generally is kind of just counterproductive. It seems to me, uh, you don't get necessarily penalized for your pitcher. If, if you, you know, if your batter hits a double and then gets stranded on base or, or what have you, but uh, I just, I'd prefer to just sort of take that risk out of the equation and, and not use hitters against my pitcher.
2: You know what I echo that sentiment and that's a fine tip that you bring out John. So, and also a good way to end the show. So we'll leave it right there for john mckex who's a great follow at johnny mckex i'm paul bruno who you can follow at statsman 22 and we wish you good luck with your fan duel picks come back to listen to our pods on a daily basis to get an edge on the competition so long everybody